Hear the word of God from Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. This reading comes from the New Revised Standard Version. You can find the reading on page 836 in your pew Bible. Once, while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Genesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long but have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of the fish they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. The word of God for the Lord. You know, there are some great fishing stories in the Bible. Quite frankly, much of Jesus' life and ministry happened around that Sea of Galilee, which Luke calls a lake, Lake Gennesaret. It's a lake that is a freshwater inland lake, and it is uh, its new life from the River Jordan goes into the Sea of Galilee. It's a very large lake. Now, some of Jesus' disciples were indeed fishermen by trade. Their families had been a long line of fishermen. They fished on that lake. They took great pains to tend to their boats and mend their nets, the tools of the trade. But early in my life, I learned some things about fishermen. I learned that fisher folk are a unique bunch, at least the ones I've come across. They're a little more patient than this individual might be. They have to be, because sometimes you just don't catch anything. When I was young, we lived in North Carolina before we moved to Florida when I was about six. And our next-door neighbor was an avid fisherman. I would watch from my yard and sometimes from my window, and I would see that on Friday nights, he was preparing his tackle box, preparing his boat, so that Saturday morning he could leave early to go on a fishing expedition. I'll never forget this neighbor either because he was kind and he had gray short hair, kind of like in a crew cut, 
and he had those large black rimmed glasses just like my dad, which I'm sure was the style of the day. And his name? Well, the envelopes that would come to his house would be addressed to a Mr. George Kuhn. But all five Campbell kids and all the neighbors referred to him as Old Doo-Doo Coon. I'm not sure how he got that name, but I looked in my notes of my computer and I found something I'd written in 2009 called Memories of My Childhood. And here's a reflection on Old Doo-Doo Coon. One time I went fishing with my neighbor, Doo-Doo Coon. I was five or six. I was so excited to be going, he and his wife taught me how to hold a rod and cast a line. I was quite pleased to watch my fly fly through the air and land on that little sharp hook in the water way ahead of me. However, one time as I cast my line, I caught old Doodoo Coon's earlobe and gave him a piercing he was not expecting. Later, this couple bought me lots of candy corn. I ate so much of it that afternoon that I threw up. And then, when I felt better, I started chasing the birds on the shore, and I fell down and knocked out both of my front teeth. (laughs) I have rarely fished since. (laughs) But Jesus, he hung out with fishermen all the time. I mean, he met them right there on the shoreline. In the midst of their very busy lives, he invited them to join in this grand adventure of faith, his mission to the world. Today, we are in our second sermon of a series called Adventure Awaits, and we're walking through the Gospel of Luke. Will you pray with me? Oh, loving, gracious God, we ask that you startle us with your word Startle us with your presence and let us hear your word of truth to us. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So our text today is indeed the first fish story in the Gospel of Luke. Jesus is standing there by the lake, and because his popularity is growing, the crowd is growing larger and larger. In fact, they were pressing in on Jesus. Why was he becoming so popular? Because Jesus was proclaiming good news and demonstrating healing power, and the people were compelled to listen, and as they did, they were given fresh hope. In the midst of that growing crowd, there were two fishing boats, and the fishermen were up on shore cleaning their nets. And Jesus hops in one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, the owner, and he asks Simon a small favor, a seemingly insignificant encounter, an encounter that had the power to change their lives. Simon, Will you push your boat offshore a bit so I, Jesus, can get a little distance from the crowd and, like, use your boat as a floating pulpit? Now, we know from the previous chapter of Luke that Jesus had at least met Simon one time. Perhaps it was as simple as Simon inviting Jesus home for a meal after evening worship, but it's there that Simon healed, Jesus healed Simon's mother-in-law. So we don't know exactly how well they knew each other, but they at least had met one another. They were not total strangers that morning on the shore. Still, Simon was busy and tired, 
And Jesus asked him to help him out, and Simon obliges. Now, Luke doesn't tell us what Jesus preached about that day on the lake shore, but after he finishes, we do know that Jesus basically says to Simon, Hey, let's go fishing. Because Simon responds, Master, which is a term of respect, Master, we have already been fishing all night without any luck. Night fishing was common because the fish would come to the warmer, more shallow parts of the lake. But that night, they had fished all night and had nothing to show for it. And they were probably quite ready to go home to eat some breakfast and to get a nap. But Jesus said, row out farther into the deep water and drop your nets for a catch. Simon listens to Jesus. He rows out into the deep, he lowers his nets, and to his amazement, he has an amazingly great haul of tilapia and carp and sardines. They're flapping around all over. They're nearly busting the nets, so much so that Simon had to call James and John, his partners, for assistance, for both boats were filled to capacity. I love that Jesus meets the fishermen in the midst of their daily lives their ordinary life on the shore. In places where they spend a lot of time, Jesus invites them to go deeper. That's often the way it is with Jesus. He meets us in our ordinary, everyday lives as well. As I've been thinking about this passage this week, about going deeper, I remembered a story about, you know, just how we've had so many volunteers come to Florida since the hurricanes of Matthew and then Irma and now Michael. Well, last year, a pastor friend of ours from the Northeast brought a team down, and they worked over in Port Charlotte. And one of the team members was a handyman, but he was also a former heroin addict. The man was so surprised, so moved by the experience, surprised how Jesus met him in the midst of ordinary conversations and simple acts of kindness and invited him to go deeper. And then he decided to go home and get trained so that he could become a leader of volunteers and bring other teams down. After returning, our pastor friend sent us a note to share about the joys of their mission trip And he told us about how this young man's life had been greatly changed. And he wrote, you know, it's one thing to fix up a house. It's even better to fix up a life. Well, we heard last week that the young man has completed his training and he is bringing another team down this spring. An invitation, a chance encounter, a willingness to go deeper. It can change a life. Or what about Margaret Palmer? So many of us know Margaret Palmer. She's a church member who worked for a number of years as a volunteer in the county jails. And during those years, she noticed that the women, after they would be released from jail, found their way back to jail often. It was a revolving door. And she heard Jesus inviting her to go deeper and to figure out some sort of support program to help these inmates find a successful transition to productive life. That invitation, a little scary at times, led Margaret to 
asked for backup assistance, just like Simon had to ask James and John to keep paddling, to go deeper in the water. But that's how the Hillsborough House of Hope was started. If our pastor friend from the Northeast was talking to us today, he might say, you know, that Hillsborough House of Hope, it fixed up a house. It built a house, but it has fixed up a lot of lives. So I ask you today, how is Jesus inviting you to go deeper, to go into the deeper water, trusting him for the catch? If you are following along on that little blue handout that I think is in your bulletin, if you wanted to say a guidepost number one, I would say Jesus meets us where we are and invites us to go deeper. Yes, row out farther into the deep water and drop your nets for a catch. Simon listened and obeyed. And as he did, he was overwhelmed by the catch. Now you might think that Simon would have said something like, thank you, Jesus. Can you meet me here tomorrow morning too? Or how come I didn't know where the fish would be biting? Or how did he do that? But none of those are what Simon said. Rather, he said, Leave me, Lord. I am a sinner. Another version says, depart from me. Last Monday morning, I read this text out loud by myself. I was at home, and I was just reading this text for, to get it in my soul. And as I got to this part about the overflowing fresh catch of fish, I just started weeping. I think even more so, that raw emotion is what is happening to Peter, to Simon, who later becomes Peter. In that moment, he recognizes there is so much more to Jesus. He recognizes that he is in the presence of the one he now calls Lord, and he falls to his knees. So guidepost number two, when we recognize the presence of holiness, When we encounter God, we respond. Bible scholar Fred Craddock says, Simon falls to his knees before Jesus because he gets a glimpse of the power and the knowledge of Christ. And he falls before him in a profound grip of his own sinfulness. When we encounter the holy in life, when we encounter God, it is an experience of awe and reverence awe in the face of such incredible mystery, the humble acknowledgement that there is more to reality than we human beings can comprehend. And in those moments, we back away because we are acutely aware of our inadequacies and our frailties. We feel very small and it feels a bit like fear so that we want to run away from it all. Simon wanted Jesus to move away from him because of his sinfulness. And thankfully, Jesus did not turn away. For in Jesus' eyes, his sin did not disqualify him. Indeed, that same power that prompted Simon to bow before Jesus, it now lifts him up into God's service. For after Simon's outburst, Jesus calls him anyway, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be fishing for people. 
guidepost number three. Jesus calls Simon, and Jesus calls you and me to come along and participate on this grand adventure of faith. God's call is rooted in everyday life, in those chance encounters that happen all the time if we are open, open to the Spirit, what the Spirit is doing right in front of us. God's call is to lay down our nets and to follow. The invitation has already been given. When you were baptized, when you were welcomed into the community of faith, you were incorporated into Christ's body, the church. Today, at the end of our communion service, we're going to have a chance to reaffirm our baptismal vows. We do this at the beginning of every year. And in a few moments, as I invite you forward to come up for communion, I will invite you also to touch the waters of baptism. Perhaps you want to place it even on your forehead, as was done to you when you were a baby, when you were an adult. And if you want to talk more about baptism, I'd be happy to talk after the service. But it is through baptism that we are initiated into the covenant of God's grace and given new birth through water and the Spirit. New birth, new life, new call. God calls you and me. God calls all of us to live lives of meaning and purpose and significance in this world. And our vocations matter, for they connect us with God's mission in the world. As we reaffirm our baptismal vows today, we are reaffirming this calling As we remember them and receive Holy Communion, I hope you will hear Jesus calling you to journey with him on this adventure. I long for you to feel inspired, to launch out in spite of any fears or insecurities you may have. And I pray that you will let down your nets and invest yourself in those places that God is calling you to go. There are some great fishing stories in the Bible. This one, it's one of my favorites. For even though Simon told Jesus to move away and depart from him, Jesus did not and does not depart, but continues to be with us, to remind us of the mystery of God, and to invite us, just as he invited Simon and James and John that morning on the lake, to leave everything and follow him. Will you pray with me? Oh, loving God, sometimes the call is so clear, and other times it's confusing. But we thank you that you continue to call us and woo us and invite us and journey with us. We thank you for the story of these disciples, the first ones called to follow and walk with Jesus as we remember our baptism and renew our commitments to Christ this day. Please guide our steps and let us set aside everything to follow you. In your precious and gracious name we pray, amen.